Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, fight fans, to the big fight preview for Chris Eubank Jr. versus Liam Williams happening this weekend. What a fantastic fight and what a great fight to be coming back on the big fight preview show for the network. I'm really excited to be talking about this fight. It's been about two, two and a half years in the making, this one. We're going to give our breakdown of how we think this fight's going to go down. Of course, our predictions. Quite a deep card, that undercard on Sky Sports and their deal with Boxer. One of the first major cards I think they've put on. So I'm really excited to, to go through that. And then, of course, we've got other fights happening. We've got the return of Keith Thurman after about two and a half years out of the ring after his defeat to Manny Pacquiao. We've also got Carly Skelly challenging Jamie Mitchell for the WBA bantamweight title in the female division. There's plenty of fights this weekend. People have missed boxing in January because in the UK it was cancelled by the British Boxing Board of Control. So we've missed it. And now it's our chance to see some, some good cards this weekend, not just in the UK, but across the world. But Johnston, handing it over to you. Eubank Williams is the fight of the weekend for me. It's the fight I'm most looking forward to. It's a domestic fight for all intents purposes. Both have been world title challengers. Chris Eubank Jr. has been a, a world champion of sorts, of course. But this is an interesting fight because it's, it's definitely a clash of styles. And people are quite 50-50 on how this fight's going to go down. So I suppose I want to know what your initial reaction is first of all to this fight actually happening now after all these war of words and also sort of what your initial gut feeling is about this fight yeah i think i'm with you in terms of it's a fight that's taken a while to, to really finally be made and it's a fight that's really intriguing because of the fact that it is a 50 50 you can't really you you can be persuaded to go for either fighter uh, i've sat down and 
had a brief look at the pair of them. I've seen enough of them over their careers. And I know what they're going to bring. It's just a matter of who comes out on top. And, and that is the intrigue of it. The fact that we haven't had boxing for a while and we come back to this one. And it's a big fight, especially for us as British boxing fans. And I'm sure overseas as well, they're thinking, licking their lips at this one as well. Because the clash of styles does make it a fascinating duel. And one where, yeah, it's just difficult to really pick the winner. Uh, I, I've I've never shied away from the fact that I'm not the biggest fan of Chris Eubank Jr. But I've warmed to him recently, to be fair. I'm not quite sure what it is. Um, I, I think there's been a change of his mindset and his his arrogance has slowly declined, which makes me like him a lot more. Um, I don't, he should never have tried to follow in the footsteps of his father in that sort of arrogance that his father had that he could carry through his boxing career. And he earned several fans from that. But I don't think Eubank Jr. should have done that. He should have, fair enough, you know, you're going to fight in your father's shadow. I think he's come out of it a little bit at times. But in other times, he's been put back in his box. Um, so that's what makes it really interesting. And Liam Williams ain't going to shy away from telling him that he respects his father, but he doesn't respect his son. Um, that's just a war of words. I love all that. It makes it even more exciting. I can't wait for it. I'm really excited, to be fair. And I don't know if it is because we haven't had boxing for a little while, but this is the first time in a little, for, for a long time that I'm really excited and, and can't wait to get for this night to start. So let's just go into their careers a little bit over the last few fights during the course of the pandemic era. Now, for Chris Eubank Jr., he had two victories against Marcus Morrison and Wanik Awijan. I think I've pronounced that right. If I've not, someone will surely correct me on social media. But he ha- he's had them two victories, of course. Yeah. He's had them two victories, of course. And now he's stepping in with Liam Williams. Now, Liam Williams had his world title challenge in his last fight in April of last year against Demetrius Andrade. And whilst he tried to put it on Andrade... For me, he was outclassed against a, a better technical boxer. And, and that was what it boiled down to. He was, you know, a level above Liam Williams, Andrade. Now, Liam Williams has stepped back down to domestic level and he's taking on Chris Eubank Jr. in what we said is a clash of styles. And it is because Liam Williams is an all-action pressure fighter who's going to come in there and, and try to use what I think would be educated pressure. A part of me feels like... Is it, are his emotions going to get in the way of him because he's wanted this fight for so long? Or is he going to use educated pressure and try to get on the inside of Chris Eubank Jr., who, as we know, on his night, has, has some fantastic boxing ability? There is the question of what has Roy Jones Jr. brought to Chris Eubank's arsenal? Has he improved anything? Has he fine-tuned anything? Has he given him something that he hasn't had before? I think we've got to remember as well, for anybody that didn't know, before Chris Eubank Jr. turned professional, he spent a lot of years over in America, like his father before him. He spent a lot of time in the Mayweather camp when he was training, before he became become a professional. So he's been around some really quality operators over the years. But I think the disappointing thing about Eubank is when the times come to, to really shine, he hasn't. His two big chances, I think, were the Billy Joe Saunders fight and the George Groves fights. Yes, he's had some really good victories, and I'm not denying any of them victories he's had. But when the time's come to step up to the big leagues to fight the big names, he's fell short, and they are the two losses on his record. Liam Williams, is he a big name? Not worldwide. 
definitely not worldwide. And a lot of Americans didn't really know who Liam Williams was when he fought Andrade. And that's no disrespect to Williams. For me, Williams has now put himself in a position where he could be considered a, a good contender to face for a world champion. But he's got to get past Liam Williams. Now, how does he do that, Johnston? How does Eubank get past Williams? And how does Williams get past Eubank? Well, I think, first of all, I think you made a great point at the fact that Eubank Jr. has fouled when he needed to produce the goods most. The IBO title against uh, Ronald Quinlan, he, he could have called himself a, a champion at the time, but let's, let's be honest, he wasn't really a champion. It's almost like a, you're, you're a high contender while winning that belt, uh, and you probably deserve a shot against a, a, for a real title. And he, I mean, he got his opportunity against George Groves, and and he fouled miserably. Um, it was a terrible performance from him, and many other pundits like Nazim Hamid, I believe, when he didn't he didn't shy away from the fact that his performance stunk, and it wasn't great. Uh, George Groves, though, t- to respect him, he performed really well, and um, and I think that's if if Williams is going to tap into anything, he's got to be looking at how George Groves bullied Eubank and stopped him at times, put him back on on the back foot, which is what Williams is going to need to do. Um, I mean, the the one, I'd say the best victory for a Eubank Jr. was the Arthur Abraham win. But Abraham, even then, he was, you know, he's over the hill. He was an old boy. He's been around for a while. He's still a tough competitor, but Eubank Jr. should have really won that. And he did. And I, I like that performance. I mean, the way back when against Saunders, he learnt from that fight because I think he went. He, he allowed Saunders to dictate the early stages of that, and then he he came back later on, and it just it just fell short because his his late rally wasn't enough. Then obviously the you the James the Gal fight is another fight where you know James the Gal's over the hill. It was a good performance, but it's it's hard to really assess Eubank Junior. following that Groves defeat because all right, right James the Gal, it 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 just wasn't the same after the Babu Jack fight. So you sort of expected the performance that, that he gave. And then since then, Marcus Morrison, he's not a bad fighter, but let's be honest, he's, they're not well-level fighters. Um, and then you look at Liam Williams, and and like you say, I mean, he came up short against Andre. Andre was disrespectful to Williams. And I think that the one thing about Williams is is he put himself about and he made himself known. And Andre walked away from that fight knowing exactly who Liam Williams is. It wasn't an easy night for him. He was never going to give up. He's just a resilient kind of guy, unless he unless he gets pulled out of the ring. So the fact that it's in Cardiff, the fact that the crowd are going to be behind him, my worry with Williams, like you rightly said, you hit the nail right on the head, is the fact is, is he going to allow the whole arena, the situation, the passion overall, his boxing ability, which he has. And then on the other hand, will it, help him and give him even more fight because Lee Williams has got abundance of wit and, and determination and resolve. Whereas Chris Eubank, we've seen it against Groves. He can buckle. And, um, and that is, that's, that's the telling point for me. I just don't know what you're going to get. Is Williams going to go in too aggressive, blow himself out and then Eubank's going to end up picking him off and probably, you know, finding it, having it a comfortable night. Or is Eubank going to buckle? I really, I don't I'll let you talk a bit more first. Maybe you can put some more thoughts on my head, Sean, because I'm really <laughs> stuck with it. I really can't. Honest to God, I, I'm really, I'm excited about the fight. I mean, as you probably tell, I, I really genuinely am because 
you know, the winner, it puts him in a position to go for another world title. Um, so it's a lot on the line. There's a lot of pressure. So William, whether it's going to be cagey, the crowd are going to be so behind Williams, you know, and the fact that we haven't had boxing, the passion in that crowd is going to be fantastic to watch. And I just wonder whether Eubank's going to be able to deal with it. I don't know, Sean, what do you think, mate? I think assessing both fighters' styles, both fighters' history, the the type of fights that they like to be involved in, I think this is going to be a really, really tight fight, if I'm being honest. This is how I feel. I could be totally wrong. We could see a one-sided performance on Saturday, but I honestly feel it's going to be a tight fight. I think we know Eubank can fight. You know, he can box really well. He can definitely box better than Liam Williams. He's he's proven he's got the ability to box better than Liam. However, he likes to get down and dirty and in them trenches and he likes to fight at close range when he's got a fighter like Liam who will push him he fights back now yeah you've talked about the Groves fight I think Groves was a different style I think the way Groves fought Eubank Jr. was was different to what Liam is going to do Liam's going to be in his face constantly Groves wasn't Groves picked him apart and frustrated him and made him look amateurish whereas Williams will get in his face he'll try and rough him up he'll try and push him against the ropes he'll try and fight him on the inside it's whether Eubank is going to respond and it's going to be a test of, of, of great heart and determination. Now, I know both of these guys have that and they've shown that in abundance throughout the career. And that's going to be the telling factor is, is who is going to come out and outgun the other fighter. If Eubank goes in and doesn't approach it with his, with his tactical style in mind, with a way to sort of box at range and, and not get you know, down and dirty in the trenches with him and, and use a game plan and, and be able to sort of stick and move, use lateral movement, get out of the way, throw a few, move around. Just just basically a, a, a one-sided performance, then Eubank's got this. But I honestly don't see it being as simple as that. I think Williams is going to put a lot of pressure on him. He's going to try and bully him and it's going to make it a really close fight. I do think it will go to points. I'd be very surprised if there was a knockout, but it's not out of the realms of possibility. One of these guys could go. It only takes one sweet punch, one sweet spot to happen, and the fight is over. But I do anticipate that both of them have proven they've got a really good chin and that they can take a good dig and they will stick it out to the end. So I do see this going to points. In terms of going which way, in terms of predicting which way this fight will go, is the more difficult factor of it. Because on one hand, as I've said, you've got a fighter who could quite easily make this a, a straightforward night in Chris Eubank. Chris Eubank could make this easier if, if he used his boxing ability. Liam Williams could bully him, could put it on him, could put all the aggression in there and throw the punches. Might not always land them straight to the body. They might go on a lot of gloves and a lot of arms. But that controlled aggression might win him the fight on the judges' scorecards. I think it is going to be a points decision. I'm really torn myself as to how this will play out. A part of me feels Eubank's got the the bigger fight experience he's been in with bigger names over the course of his career. And I lean towards Eubank beating Williams on points. But then there's the other side of my brain that says, you know, it's in Cardiff. He's got the crowd behind him, like you were saying, Johnston. He's got this, these, these factors behind him. You know, he's he's got an opportunity again to challenge for a world title. Should he beat Eubank Junior? Is he? Is it going to be the performance of his career? And that could well be the case. So, in terms of our predictions, then for this fight, we've got to go out on a limb. We've got to pick a winner for this one. We can't sit on the fence. <laughs> 
I I am going to go with Chris, Chris Eubank Jr. on points. I think Chris Eubank Jr. just, it'll be a very, very close fight. And I think Chris Eubank might just nick this one. What about you? Yeah, I mean, it is, it's such a tough one. It really is. Um, when I think about Eubank and, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of factors involved here. I think if, if Eubank was to get cut, for instance, like he did against George Groves, I mean, I, and I'm predicting things here, you just don't know. But, you know, a cut like that, it, it, he fell to pieces. And, and I think if he... If he if he starts slow like he did against Saunders, he, he's going to be in trouble. And I, I was at times I sort of think he can he can box really well. He can be fantastic at times, and then other times he just he, he's just not the same fighter. You know, six minutes into a fight, he's you like this guy's amazing, and then six minutes later you're like, who? This ain't the same fighter because he gets a bit too relaxed and a little bit uh, maybe he gets too overconfident in in how he's performing at the time, and I think that could hinder him if he gets put on the back foot and Williams does put him under a bit of pressure. It will be interesting to see how he comes back. And then the other fact is if someone gets put down on their ass, I don't think anyone's going to get knocked out, but the possibility is there that, um, you know, someone gets knocked down. Uh, I mean, Williams struggled as well with Smith when he got cut as well. Um, so, look, there, there's so many different factors you've got to incorporate. But I, I think with the fact that it is in Cardiff and Liam Williams is up for it, and I think Eubank Jr., will have his patches and have his moments, he's still going to want to go into the trenches. And I think that that will suit Williams. He will be a little bit more tentative and he opened his rounds for me, Williams. I think he will be a little bit more reserved in his pressure and then he will decide to start putting his foot down. And that may suit Eubank. But as soon as Williams does put his foot down, I think Eubanks is going to find himself in a bit of trouble. That being said, Eubank throws a lot of shots. He does. He throws a lot of punches. So Williams has got to be clever with that and he's got to make him miss and waste energy in missing punches. Oh, it is so... I think it's going to distance. And I think... Um, I mean, it, I, I would be tempted to go Eubank Jr. But because it's in Cardiff, because the Cardiff fans haven't had boxing for a while, they're going to get right behind Williams. And I think because of that, I'm going to go with Williams on points by a very small margin. Uh, it could go either way, but Williams may get it. And I think it'd probably be like a split decision. So I can understand why you're going Williams, and and for the context of of you know what you're trying to say there, for people that might not understand what you're trying to say, I know you're not just trying to say the crowd are going to be like the um, like the fourth man essentially. What what that's going to do? <laughs> what that's going to do is if he's got that crowd behind him, which he has, he's got the Welsh crowd behind him. They probably don't like Eubank. It's pretty evident a lot of them don't. Oh, he's going to get booed all over the place. Of course, of course. So that's that's going to play a factor in the fight. It's not going to do anything to enhance his ability, but what it might do no. is actually spur him on. It might give him that extra bit of adrenaline he needs to try and back Chris Eubank Jr. into a corner or back him against the ropes or land a few more shots on him, essentially giving him the opportunity to win the fight on points. That That's what it means. So people that might be listening and thinking... Oh, what's Johnston on about? Here? He's saying it's he's saying like it's because it's in Cardiff, because the fans are going to be there. No, what we mean when we say things like that is exactly what we describe. It it does give that extra edge to the fighter. It gives them that extra bit of, of energy and adrenaline to to be able to pull off some of these great victories. And Ricky Hatton, Costa Zoo, that to me says it all. That crowd that night was amazing. I was there. That crowd was unbelievable, and it was that crowd that got him through some of them tough moments. And Liam Williams is going to have some tough moments on Saturday night and it's going to be that crowd that are going to help him get through that. I think Chris Eubank still wins it. 
but it's a really intriguing fight. It's a great fight to to restart boxing after that hiatus in January for the UK. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this headline act this weekend, but it's not the only fight on the card. It's a pretty stacked card. We're not going to go through all of it because there are some fights that I'd like to highlight so that we can discuss them a bit further. And one of them is the chief support to this, which is the middleweight clash between Claretta Shields and Emma Cozen. Now, this is for all the marbles in the middleweight division. Carissa Shields has come over here. She wants to fight over here because she wants to fight Savannah Marshall. She's now making it clear she's here. She wants to fight Savannah Marshall. She's here to put on a show. And Savannah Marshall's going to be watching very closely because hopefully we'll see that fight. We've talked about that fight on our Wishlist episode at the start of the year. That's one of them fights that needs to happen. We're now getting to see Serrano versus Taylor or Taylor Serrano. That's happening April the 30th. We're absolutely ecstatic about that. But the next one we want to see is Shields versus Marshall. But she's got to come through an undefeated fighter, first and foremost. Emma Cousin is, is no mug. Yes, yeah, she's got some fighters on the record that haven't got the greatest of records. But the one notable name that she has got on her record is Maria Lindbergh, a former world champion herself. She beat her in 2019. That, to me, shows that she has got the skills and ability, along with what I have already seen of Cousin, to, to give S.H.I.E.L.D. some problems. And I say some problems, and I say it in that tone because... I think Clarissa Shields is a pound-for-pound great, and she calls herself the greatest woman of all time. Not quite for me, however, she is an unbelievable talent, and I can't deny that. And I do think she comes through this fight, and I do think she successfully defends them titles, and she calls out Savannah, and we get we get some sort of heated face-off if Savannah is down there. I'm not sure if she is, but if she is, we'll get some sort of heated face-off, hopefully promoting a fight in the future with these two. That is a that's a good chief support for this, and I'm yeah. happy that she's made the journey over here. I'm happy that this fight's happening, and that we get the opportunity to, to see her showcase her skills here, and hopefully, really build this fight towards its conclusion, and we do get it. Yeah, definitely, and I think with Clarissa Shields coming over here is 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 great. We don't have many Americans at the top of their game that are willing to come over to this country and fight um, on a on the undercard, if you like. Um, and, 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 you know, she hasn't fought over it before. She's a big name. She's a huge name. She's one of the pound for pound best, as you clearly said. And she, she will want to showcase her abilities to the English fans, to the British fans um, in Cardiff. And, and I think, although, as you say, Cosnin has got the one decent victory on her, on her record, on her resume, against Lindbergh, I don't think um, she's going to pose, I'm not saying not going to pose much, any threat um she's definitely going to put clarissa under some sort of pressure at some point but i just think that clarissa is here to prove a point and i think she will i think she will against cosnin and i think she comes away with a victory um it would be a huge shock if she if she fell to pieces and and cosnin got the win i can't see it happening and um and i think uh, marshall will definitely be there i'm sure she would be they'd be mad not to have her there and then um it's sort of the the after after the fight the, the post-fight interview will be quite interesting, wouldn't it, to see how that plans out. But um, I think Clarissa's here to prove a point, and I think we're, I'm expecting one of her best performances in a while, to be honest with you. And it's nice to see her back in the boxing ring and obviously over here. Um, so looking forward to it. So just going through some of the other fights on the card then. Uh, Samuel Antwi and Connor Walker for the English welterweight title is also on the card. It's a great fight for everybody to tune into. Chris Jenkins, another Welsh hero, Another bit of 
history possibly for him to make. He's fighting Julius Ndongo, the same Julius Ndongo who beat Ricky Burns in 2017, who kind of, where he kind of fell to pieces once he fought Terence Crawford, of course, and he he hasn't really been the same fighter that that beat Ricky Burns on that night. So Chris Jenkins at the welterweight division has got an opportunity to further enhance his career. So there's a pretty decent fight on the card there. Another Welshman, Reese Edwards, is also on the card, 11-0. But the surprise addition to this particular card for me was heavyweight Otto Volling coming in to fight Kamil Sokolowski in a six rounder in the heavyweight division I mean Otto Volling's decided to come over here he's decided to get his <laughs> name out there oh bloody hell what a name to go against you know the danger man of the six round the four and the six rounders Kamil Sokolowski I mean there's a potential here for an upset to be on the cards especially in a short round fight like that but I think Otto Volling's again. He's coming over here. He's he's got himself on this card. He's he's looking to showcase himself. He's he's a fighter that I think needs another big fight and probably deserves another big fight. He gave Tyson Fury a hell of a night when he fought him. The only loss on his record, and I think he deserved to be pushed back up there and maybe deserves a a, a really good fight like a, a Parker or a Chisora or a Joe Joyce or somebody of that nature. You know, Otto Volling needs that. So. You know, this this sort of tick-over fight is not going to be an easy one. So that is a, a surprising addition to me. And then the card is made up of Harlem Eubank, 12-0, and then Steve Robinson Jr., the son of the great Steve Robinson. Again, another Welsh fighter on this card, which is great. And then finally, Johnson, before I let you have your say on this card as, a, as an overall... Caroline Dubois making a debut on this card. We knew she'd turned over pro. We knew she was going to be making a debut. And this is the card she's doing it on. And she's going to be interesting to see her journey going from the amateurs to the pros and the disappointment of the Olympics for her. It's going to be interesting to see where this journey takes her because she is one of them immensely talented fighters that now hopefully will transition that to the professional game. Yeah, um, really pleased to see Caroline Dubois making her debut in the pro game and, and we backed her immensely didn't we? in the olympics we thought she might go and get that gold medal it didn't happen for her but i think she's perfectly suited i think her style is suited for the for the pros i think she's gonna develop she's still young she's she's gonna grow she's gonna get bigger she's gonna move up in the weights and uh you know from what you know her amateur career uh for such a young girl in the junior level was terrific um and i think she's got the ability to now to turn that over into prosa and make a real success of it. And she could be a real star in sort of the next three years, uh, two to three years even. You know how quickly some of these girls can turn it over if they get some good wins under their belt. And obviously Steve Robinson, I mean, you alluding to the fact again that um, the Welsh crowd being behind Williams. Um, of course, you know, technically uh, it doesn't make a difference, but mentally it can. And I'll tell you what, Steve Robinson, junior on the bill of his father if anyone's never seen steve robinson fight uh, in wales um then uh, go and have a look on youtube and you see what i'm talking about when the world fan really fans really get behind their fighters steve robinson was one of those guys and uh so it's good to see uh, his son making an appearance as well so and obviously harlem uh eubank as well uh, a relative to, to chrissy so um a lot of family links um on a big night uh, seeing some Americans like Clarissa over here and then obviously Otto Volin as well. It's it's not a bad cut by Sky, to be honest with you. Um, and, it, and, and Dongo as well, uh, Chris Jenkins, another Welsh fighter. Again, this is all these sort of the odd Welsh fighters on here. You know, the crowd are going to be really loving this. And I think that's what's going to make a big difference in the night. Technically, I don't, although Eubank, I'm just jumping to back 
to the main event here. Eubank is probably technically better than Williams. I think um, when he switches off, I think Williams has got to exploit that. But um, looking forward to the whole night, really. Yeah, good card. Really, really good card. Good return to the sport for us in the UK. And I think anyone who, who criticises this card, I think you need to have a good look at yourselves really in the mirror because you, we want quality cards and this is actually a quality card. It's got some really good fights on there. A good few 50-50 fights, a good couple of fights, a debut, uh, a good few Welsh fighters. It really has got, got a, a hallmarking of a, of a really decent night. Now that can be watched either live on Sky Sports, if you're a Sky Sports subscriber, Subscriber, or you can go and see our friends over at Daz TV on Twitter at Daz TV. Go and check them out. You'll be able to get that available on there also. So moving on then, Johnston, to the American fights that are happening over the weekend. I've got to highlight one in particular, and that's the return of Keith Thurman. After nearly three years out of the ring, what, two and a bit years out of the ring now, after he's lost to Manny Pacquiao and he comes back, to fight Mario Barrios, who was 26-1 and on Saturday night, early hours of Sunday morning. Keith Thurman, one time, was supposed to be one of the pound-for-pound best in the welterweight division, and that fight with Pacquiao just seemed to take everything away from him, and we've not seen him since, and we've not sort of seen... I actually thought, I'll be honest with you, that, that long pause there was because I thought, you know what? Is, is this guy ever going to come back? Was he ever going to come back? And, and now he is back. And now he's fighting Barrios, who, who is no mug, who's a good fighter, who's going to give Furman a, a good night. His only loss on Barrios's record, if anybody can remember, is Gervonta Davis. And that was in the super lightweight division. He's now moved up to welterweight. So this is going to be interesting. He's moved up a weight. Uh, his last loss to Javonta. How is he going to fare against Keith Thurman? But the bigger question is, how's Keith Thurman? What condition is he in? Is, is he still going to be good enough to challenge? Well, I think he's definitely got the skills and ability, but he has been out of the ring a long time. And I don't know how much that will have affected him if it has or if it hasn't. I think Saturday night will tell us the answer. But if he is good and he's in great condition and he does well does he still have a chance at fighting maybe a Terence Crawford or an Errol Spence uh, he's a he's a long way from that I think he's um you know that Pacquiao defeat has clearly scarred him I'm not quite sure what happened out of the ring with him though because he has had those long breaks I mean uh, he had the, the Porter fight in, in the summer of 2016 and then fought Danny Garcia in the March of 2017 he never fought again until 2019 against Lopez and that was in January and he came out quite quickly against Manny Pacquiao which seemed like he was going to get active I thought after that Danny Garcia victory he was going to sort of press on and he had that stall year in 2018 um, and then he came back beat Lopez and then obviously lost to Pacquiao um, Mario Barrios as you said uh, Barrios is no mug at all you know he, he took 11 rounds for Javante to get rid of him you know he's been in there um, with, with some tough, tough competitors, and he's going to bring it. He's going to put it on Furman, but as, it, it just you just don't know. You won't, we won't really know until Furman steps it between them ropes on the early hours of Saturday, Sunday morning. If he does have any, I, I, it's a tricky one. I mean, he had a lot. He's got he, he lost to Pacquiao, yes, um, and but he had he's got a lot of ability. You know, beating Porto and beating Garcia, are two guys. The, um, two of the best in the division at the time, and, and, he, and, and he proved himself. I think there was always flaws with Furman, and, and they were exposed, and in, it, he hasn't really recovered. I'm hoping he's mentally strong. If he is, then I expect him to come through it. But 
it's a really tricky one because it's, you, you just don't know what to expect from him. He's only 30. He's not like well over the hill. So I know he's probably had injuries. I know he had injury problems. I was reading odd bits throughout the years. He's had this injury and that injury. That's why he was sort of inactive. I'm not quite sure the ins and outs of it all. But if Furman shows up, then I think he wins the fight. And it's just a matter of getting another one in as quick as he can. And then from there, gaining that confidence, sort of getting rid of that ring rust. And then hopefully he can then push on to even potentially push a Crawford and a Spence. But I hope he does because he's another name in the division, to be honest with you. Um, so it'd be interesting. It's just a, it's a fascinating fight because you just don't know what's going to happen. So moving forward to the next fight on that card, Leo Santa Cruz is back after his knockout defeat to Javonta Davis. He's fighting Keenan Carbajal, who's 23-2-1. He's looking to return in the featherweight division for what I would think is his last tilt at a world title. So he's got an interesting fight there on the same card. Also on there is Luis Neri in the super bantamweight division. He's coming back to fight Carlos Castro, 27-0. He's not taking an easy fight here, Luis Neri. I'm telling you, He's actually coming back with the intentions of, of having a, a decent fight against a decent opponent. I mean, obviously, his last loss was against Brandon Figueroa. That was a really, really good fight in May of last year. But now he's got an opportunity again to put himself right back into contention. But, you know, this Carlos Castro, I've seen little bits of him. I think he's a great fighter. I'm just not so sure whether Luis Neri will have enough to beat him on that night. It's going to be interesting. It's a good it's a good fight. Again, a good little card in America there. Again, if anybody wants to watch that, you'll probably be able to catch that again on DAZN or you can catch it on Daz TV. In fact, I'm not too sure if it's on DAZN. Apologies if I've given anyone uh, the misinformation on that one. For some reason, off the top of my head, I felt like it was on. Uh, it, I don't think it actually is. But I, think I know it's you on Fox. Yeah, I know it's on Fox, and I know it's on Channel Four, and it's on oh, Fox. But okay, yeah, it's on yeah. Fox Pay Per View, and I, I know the American channels it's on. I just couldn't remember who the UK broadcaster, if there was one. But if there isn't, you can go and check out at Daz TV on Twitter. You'll be able to get some great, brilliant coverage of these particular fights on there. So Johnston, just moving back to another US card before we give our final thoughts on Eubank Williams. I wanted to highlight this other card because we've got Carly Skelly, as I mentioned, challenging Jamie Mitchell, the newly crowned Jamie Mitchell, who beat Shannon Courtney in the fight last year. Carly Skelly, who is 4-0-1 with that one draw against Amy Timlin. For the UK fight fans, you'll, you'll be aware of that particular fight. But Carly Skelly's been given the opportunity in her sixth professional fight now to fight Jamie Mitchell, the miracle uh, for the WBA title in America in Phoenix, Arizona, which is a, is a big ask. But she's unde- she's an undefeated fighter as well, and she's got nothing to lose. She's been given a great opportunity. I think this is going to be an interesting fight to, to look out for, and I'm quite excited for her because I know she, she she's done a lot of press quite recently over here in the UK and a lot of people are trying to get behind her and support her from different parts of the country. She's originally from Liverpool and she's a full-blown scouser and she's really wanting to bring that title back home. But Jamie Mitchell's also got a fantastic story and you know you didn't really want to begrudge her at that world title when she beat Shannon Courtney. So that's an interesting fight on that particular card. But the headliner then for that one is Carlos Caderas against Jesse Rodriguez-Franco for the vacant WBC World Super Flyweight title. Man, it's going to be a huge night on Saturday. That particular card, 
that's the one I was thinking of. That is actually on the zone as well. So yeah, if is. you if you want to watch that particular card, do check that one out on the zone. But that is a that is another great couple of fights on there. If you you really want to catch a few of the headliners or the highlights, these are the fights to go and check out this weekend. Definitely, Raymond Ford also in the featherweight division against Edward Vasquez, eleven and 10 and It's going to be a great fight. I, I'm, I'm excited for this weekend. I think you know that that's the main thing I want to express to everybody listening is that you know we've we've been subjected to another month in the UK of of covid restrictions and now they've been lifted now the british boxing board of controls allowing fights to happen we're getting a great card which is headlined by eubank versus williams and i suppose i wanted to use these final few minutes of this episode just to really go back over this one more time for the fight fans and and run it back a little bit and you know we've we spoke a lot in the first 10-15 minutes of the episode about eubank and williams and the, the the fight that it is but it's quite significant for both of them really because for me if either of these two lose, I just can't genuinely see where they go next in terms of their their aspirations. I mean, if Eubank loses, does he get another opportunity to go for a world title? If Williams loses, the same applies to him, really, because he's already had opportunities. Where do, where do both of these guys go if they lose? And obviously the winner heads on, really, to, towards a shot at a world title, but... I honestly can't think what would happen to the loser of this fight. I, I genuinely think this is, is quite a it's quite a significant fight in both of their careers. It's either they move forward for a world title or they stay at domestic level, maybe have a couple of more fights or end up being a voluntary for a, a middleweight champion and you know not really getting that potential fulfilled. Yeah, um, it's it's such a huge fight. It really is for the pair of them. And it, that's what this is what makes it all more interesting, and what sort of attitude they're going to have going into into the fight. I mean, Eubank Junior seems to you know he's, he's 32. He's not that old for boxing. Uh, he's had a few fights. He's not really. He's been in a couple of wars. He's not. He's not frightened to let his hands go. So he's going to always, you know, he's, he's going to be in the trenches at times. Liam Williams, we know, will always put himself, put his neck on the line, and he's 29. So, I mean, I think for me, the thing with Liam Williams is um, it's almost like with Eubank Jr., people expected him to be fighting at world level. I mean, it's very early in his career for me. He was talking about Golovkin and, and he lost his pen, didn't he? That was that one fell, to, that fell apart. But with Williams, I don't think anyone really expected him to get to a world level and win a world title. And, then, you know, he had the Andre fight. He had the obviously the Smith fights in the lower division, Liam Smith fights. But he, even in that first fight with Liam Smith, I thought he... he he performed well. Um, Liam Smith is almost like a Liam Williams where they're both on the cusp of a world title. I know Liam was a champion, but it, uh, as in Smith, could Liam Williams do what he did? And I think this is the fight for him. He's, he's a bit younger than Eubank. He's got the crowd. I just think with everything, it's almost like the stars are aligned for Liam. And I think it's his opportunity to win this fight and he has to win for him to get any opportunity to fight for a world title. And, you know, the division is open you know there's titles around this it's not like apart from Andre and you know what Canelo does and Golovkin you know Charlo Lara like they've all got a title the potential of fighting one of those and have another another go at that um I think that it's, it's just it's fascinating it really is I mean Eubank Jr people just think he's already there he's a top competitor you know and he, he's world level I've never really felt that he was I think he he, he fell short as well so they're in that balance that little bracket of 
not quite world level, but better than the the uh, domestic level. And they're sort of out on. It's, it's, it's a tricky one because even if they fought domestically, they're probably going to beat the guys in and around Britain. So. Uh, European, you ain't going to really want to drop down to that level. So it's about earning, getting the big names in the big fights. Um, if it's a terrific fight, and like we expect it to be, it's going to be, I, I actually think it, it's the potential for a, a, an early fight of the year. Um, I, I just think it's got everything about it that can generate a terrific fight. And I think with their styles, I think they're, they, they're suited for each other. So I think it's going to be a good fight. So you might even see a rematch at the end of it. If it's really close, there might be a rematch and they're going to earn more money out of that. So uh, it's, it's Sean, you've made a great point and it's just a question mark over the pair of them. Um, if one of them comes through successfully and just demoralises the other guy, then um, he certainly has put himself in contention to go in for a world title. I mean, is this even an eliminate? I don't even know. I haven't looked that deep into it, Sean, but I, I'm guessing surely one of the rankings are going to have them quite high if one of whoever comes out of a victory. I think they'll definitely be in with a shout maybe in the next fight or two. It's not an official eliminator as such, but it's definitely no. being it's definitely being viewed by the boxing fraternity as a as a as a door to a potential world title fight. And I think once they once one of them wins it, or maybe even you know, the inevitable could happen. They could end up being that close. It's a draw. We don't know yet. I mean, people were saying today yeah. about rem- rematch clauses and it's like, well, that's pretty standard in most contracts now. People are making it a bit of a thing. I think Williams makes it a bit of a thing as well about rematch clauses. Something that he said in, in the press conference about there being a rematch clause because he knows he's going to get beat you, bank. But you can't really look too much into that. I mean, they put in a rematch clause in for Khan versus Brooke. I mean, why would we want to see that one? Why would we see that <laughs> once again? Why would we want to see that once again after we'd seen it five years way too late? You know what I mean? It's a standard thing. It's a standard it's standard in contracts now. And I think that's what people need to remember and understand that that's part of the business side of the sport. If there's a potential for a rematch on the cards, which will make more money, they're, they're both going to go for it. Their teams are going to go for it. Their promoters are going to go for it. Why would they not do it? I think the fact final word on this fight for me is it is going to come down to I suppose who's got the bigger heart and determination to win this fight is it going to be Chris Eubank is he going to finally start to fulfill potential by dispatching of Liam Williams or is Liam Williams is he going to finally get his wish and is he finally going to shut Chris Eubank Jr up well you're going to have to tune in on Saturday night for this big fight very exciting really really looking forward to it Guys, if you've enjoyed this episode, the Big Fight Preview, Eubank versus Williams, please do go and let us know on any social media platform, Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on B- at BTR Boxing Podcast Network's page. You can subscribe to us on Apple, on Spotify, on Google, on any available podcasting app out there. Please, if you're on Apple, leave us a rating, leave us a review. It truly does help. And a big shout out, as always, to our patrons who support this podcast. We are doing, ironically, a greatest British middleweight fight for our patron only episode coming up very shortly so if you're not already a patron and you haven't checked out the patreon membership service please do go and check it out patreon.com forward slash btr boxing podcast network available episodes on there things like the black murderers row the greatest British middleweights episode that we are recently doing as well. There's there's many different parts of content on there which has not been available to the general listeners. And if you want to go on there and subscribe to that, you can 
pay as little or as much as you would like to pay to subscribe and support this podcast network please do go and check it out though guys so that's it that's this episode the big fight preview can chris eubank jr finally start to fulfill some potential or will liam williams finally shut him up we'll see on saturday night fight fans thanks for listening Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.